0: talking about pigs with SMET. Now, usually this is a podcast where individuals from the Swine Medicine Education Center discuss swine health topics over coffee. But for this episode, we're switching it up a bit. We've got most of the SMET crew here with us today with some special guests. Um, So we've got Dr. Meredith Peterson, who is usually your host for this podcast. Uh, She's a postdoctoral research associate uh, with the Swine Medicine Education Center We've got Mary Brewer, who is SMEC's graphic designer. Dr. Locke Carricker, who is a moral professor and director of the Swine Medicine Education Center. Dr. Gabby Don, who's also a postdoctoral research associate with the center. We've got uh, Cora Shaw, who is a student worker with us here at SMEC uh, and a second year vet student here at Iowa State University. Dr. Chris Rademacher, who's a clinical professor and swine extension veterinarian. Already causing trouble. Already (laughs) causing trouble in the group, Dr. Rademacher. And uh, also, last but not least, Becca Walhart, who is a master's student with the center. So the reason we've got more than two people on the podcast today um, is we're going to play a little game of swine trivia. So this is our inaugural Talking About Pigs trivia episode and we encourage all of you to play along um, at home or um, think through these questions as you're driving uh, to your next site visit or to the farm. So here's how the game will work. There will be 10 questions relating to pigs covering five general categories. So those will be medicine and surgery, production, genetics, nutrition, and harvesting and cooking. I will ask the question and our players will jot down their answers here in the room. I'll then ask the players to reveal their answers, which we will read aloud. So we'll go around the room one by one uh, and indicate who answered what. Correct answers will be awarded one point, incorrect answers will be awarded nothing. And at the end of the round, I will calculate each player's total score and announce the scores and the winner. Any let's, questions? Let's go. Everybody excited? Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's get it <laughs> on! Here we go. Let's go. I can go home. I Don't falter on the back Time for a comeback. I did take that Start class. energy in the room, but we're going to be okay, everybody. Yeah, here we go. All right, question one Which country? Introduce domestic pigs to North America. Are these timed? This just one kind of, everybody gets done. Last minute change of the answer. <laughs> and another change. <laughs> Always go with your gut core. Never change your answer. That's That's right. Right. All right, everybody done? Okay, show your answers. Meredith saying Spain, Mary saying Spain, character saying Mexico. Gabby saying Spain, Cora saying China, is saying who is England, and Becca saying who is Brazil. The correct answer is Spain. Let's go. <laughs> so um, a little bit of feedback on that question. Uh, according to the Mississippi Department of Wildlife and Fisheries and Parks website, prior to 1539, no swine species were found on the North American continent. Hernando de Soto, a Spanish explorer, was the first to introduce domestic swine to the mainland of North America. During his exploration throughout the southeast U.S., he and his men brought along domestic swine from Europe for food, and many of these pigs either escaped from pens or were free-ranged and abandoned. This led to the establishment of subpopulations of wild swine throughout the southeast. Yeah, but who, who introduced pigs to Spain? No. <laughs> where, it, where did Spain introduce the pigs? That's what I—that's what I read the question as. So I got to pay more attention. To it. Hence the answer. Hence the answer. Yeah. All right. I'll spot you a little lead. Let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question two. Pay attention to the question. Yes. Sir. <laughs> I'm on it now. Question two: What percentage of the world's pork does the United States produce? How close do we need to be? Mm, we'll on see we'll see what yeah. answers look like. How about on the, that? On the dot <laughs> plus or minus zero. <laughs> <laughs> Becca's playing brutal for not having any points. Becca's playing <laughs> brutal trivia. Past anyone? And I did. Did they do well? One did not. And <laughs> Your I don't, doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amber did not do well. <laughs> so Amber is my wife for the listening viewers. Um, and then I also ran them by Kristen. Okay. But I just sent it to her to like, hey, do these make sense? And she was all for them. So. Kristen was like, yeah, I would totally get them all right. No, she, she, she said she definitely didn't know some of this. So... All right, everybody good? Got an answer? All right, show your answers. Meredith is saying 15, Mary saying 50, Carricker saying 19, Gabby saying 15, Cora saying 45, Radermaker saying 15, and Becca with the closest answer saying 12. So the correct answer is 11%. So according to the USDA Foreign Agricultural Service that can be found on the Pork Checkoff website, the U.S. produces 11% of the world's pork, and in 2022, pork exports surpassed 7.7 7 billion in value, and more than 2.5 million metric tons of pork were exported to other markets. What's so the total value of global exports? It's like 38 billion. Feels like you should host an episode of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. You can host. <laughs> Rebecca gets that one. No, I said plus or minus zero. She did. She said plus or minus zero. So that's a zero percenter. Victim of your own rules there. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) Should have been a dollar. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Price is right this baby. All right. Question three. Name two of the top five global swine mega producer companies of 2023. Yeah. Tall and tall and tall. Do we Can't do half Smithfield? points? <laughs> 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 That's why I said name twos, <laughs> and 2 I'm everybody would know one. Job, exactly. <laughs> you get bonus points if you answer two that are not Smithfield. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody got an answer? All right. Show your answers. Meredith saying Smithfield and Tyson. Mary saying Smithfield and JBS. Character saying WH Holdings and JBS. Gabby saying Smithfield and JBS. Cora saying Smithfield and Tyson. Radamaker saying Wan's and Muyun out of China. Mm-hmm. And Muyan out of China, excuse me. And Becca saying Smithfield and Pipestone. Rademaker with the only correct answer in the room. So, what? yep. Out of the top five, um, so uh, Muyan food stuffs out of China. Wan's Food Group out of China, Smithfield is WH Group um, in the here in the U.S. CP Foods in Thailand and New Hope out of China round out the top five. So, annually for the last five years, Genesis has released the world's mega producers ranking for operations with a hundred thousand sales or more. The 50 companies had a total of 16,499,593 sows in the year 2022, um, representing an increase of 635,428 sows from 2021. Of those 50 mega producers, 24 of them are headquartered in China, 12 are here in the United States, 4 in Brazil, 3 in Spain, 3 in Russia, 2 in Thailand, 1 in South Korea, and 1 in Chile. Justin, what were the average sow inventories for the top five? Yeah, so uh, we can just go down the list. So Muyan and China is number one with a inventory of 2,815,000. Wan's Food Group, uh, which is number two, 1.4 million. Smithfield and WH Group, 1,225,000. CP Foods out of Thailand. One million one hundred and fifteen thousand, and then New Hope is eight hundred and fifty thousand. All right. So Doctor Adamaker on the board with a point. Question four. How much is our moral professor? Is our moral professor <laughs> our moral a moral professor? <laughs> Can't decide yet. It's just spot you, you. Relax. It's early, people. So, we're only on question four. Okay. All right. Question four. Feeding this form of a diet has been shown to improve average daily gain and feed efficiency in swine. Confidence is key. I like it, yep. This form of diet? Form of a diet. Dr. Peterson was very confident. Yeah, can you define watch, form? Watch me, <laughs> com- watch me completely whip. <laughs> of a diet. You can't give hands. Nope, no hands. Right. Everybody got got something? Alright, let's show the answers. Meredith is saying pellet. Mary with a question mark. <laughs> Carricker saying pelleted. <laughs> Gabby saying mash. Cora saying mash. Ratamaker saying pelleted and Becca saying mash. The correct answer is pelleted. Knew it. Let's go. So, according to a publication on the Iowa Pork Industry Center's website, the overriding benefit for feeding nursery, growing, and finishing pigs a pelleted diet is an improvement of 4 to 8% in both average daily gain and feed efficiency compared to the same diets in meal or mash form. The improvements are due to enhanced palatability, reduced wastage, and the potential for improved nutrient utilization due to heat treatment of the ingredients. But it's got to be a good pellet. It does have yeah, to be a good. Has got to stay yeah, pellet quality is, right. is key, absolutely. And there's definitely a side effect because of the smaller micron size. If they don't fall in together, you certainly run a much higher risk of gastric ulcers. The glasses <laughs> have come home for Doctor K. <laughs> <laughs> All <Not> right. Poker. <laughs> Question five. I expect the. Older generation in the room to perform well on this exam. Because, this never getting past HR. <laughs> <laughs> because the rest of us were not born yet when this launched. So, this tagline for pork was launched in 1987 by Pork Checkoff to increase consumer demand for pork and to dispel pork's reputation as a fatty protein. So, I'm looking for the tagline. one. <laughs> Rademaker throwing out hints, yeah. trying to get everybody points. Which generation are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, probably of all the one. money that we've ever spent in <laughs> domestic demand of pork so, dollars Mary, dollars that, that one. ever return. Well, are we helping? Or is this a team trivia? <laughs> <now>? I, uh, <laughs> I've already wrote my answer. So I just want to see. Team effort, I'm sort of happy about it. <laughs> We're <laughs> <laughs> such a team. We are, we're a very good team. Alright. Alright, everybody got an answer? Everybody good? Alright, let's show them. Merit is saying, the other white meat. Mary with a question mark again. Carricker, the other white meat. Dr. Don, question mark. Cora with a sad face on her board. Radamaker, the other white meat. And Becca, the other white meat. So, according to the Port checkoff website, when launched in 1987, The goal of pork the other white meat tagline and supporting campaign was to increase consumer demand for pork and to dispel pork's reputation as a fatty protein. The other white meat was developed to position pork as a good tasting, versatile and nutritious meat that is easy to prepare and appropriate for any meal. The other white meat continues to have high consumer recognition and is an incredibly valuable asset to the pork industry. In the fall of 2021, Chekhov leveraged the strong recognition of the tagline with Gen X audiences to launch a fun and nostalgic throwback campaign. So what's the What's the original white meat? Chicken. 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 Chicken right? Poultry. Are we gonna do a scoreboard update? We are. Oh, man. So that was question five. So halfway through the round, with zero points, we have Miss Korishaw Currently, that's okay. Tied at one point are Becca, Dr. Don, and Mary. With two points is Dr. Carricker, and out with three points at in currently in the lead, Dr. Peterson and Dr. Adamaker. That's why I asked for a don't know how long we be there. Don't, you, don't falter on the backstretch. I, I know. Still got five questions left, and if we need to, there's a tiebreaker. I love it. Does the tiebreaker have math? Is that the tiebreaker does not have math, but we'll get to that point if we need to. So, so. <laughs> Let's just go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Question six. Alteration of this gene that is responsible for viral encoding has been found to produce pigs that are resistant to PERS. Is really this is like a Gen Z question now. The core disagrees <laughs> with you. <grab> <laughs> Can you repeat the question? Yeah. Sure. So yep. Yeah. The question again, alteration of this gene that is responsible for viral uncoding has been found to produce pigs that are resistant to PRRS. Mm-hmm. Dr. Adamaker was very confident in his answer. Where's, is there the, je- else where's the Jeopardy music Has anyone else even re- wrote the hands. I said do a podcast on it the other day. That's only reason. I'm trying to do some show prep. <laughs> All right, everybody ready? Let's show them. Meredith saying P.I.C. Gene. Mary with a question mark. Doctor K Wrangler jeans. Wrangler. <laughs> no, no, not Wrangler jeans. <laughs> Doctor Don saying question. Cora with a question. Rebecca with a question and the correct answer, and Dr. Rademacher with that answer, CD163. In a 2016 article in Nature, Whitworth et al. out of the University of Missouri reported pigs without the the CD163 showed no evidence of clinical signs of disease, no viremia, and no antibody response when challenged with PERS. CD163 negative pigs were produced using CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing technology. So for our younger vets in the audience, why would that be? What does that gene code for? I'm looking at our two postdocs here. They should be able to figure this out. Like a, ta- is it like the receptor or attachment of the virus? Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for viral encoding like and entry. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> I need Rodmaker to trip up, though. <laughs> <laughs> this is all fantasy football revenge. Yeah, that's <laughs> we right. We should put some money on this one. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Could we review those standings? I would feel a lot better about that. <laughs> yes. I would not. Nor would I. Question seven. Name the two compounds that cause boar taint. I'm going up there and score halfway. What do you oh, consider? Oh, these questions are supposed to be for the general public <laughs> <laughs> what do you consider a compound yeah. uh, Where are you at spelling does not count no, i think she's just checking the recording to make sure it works that one. make Problem. sure it's still recorded. yeah the bottom one yeah i'm googling it back then. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, we're good. It's the recording. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Dr. Character in deep thought with the head back. The glasses <laughs> are back up, too that <laughs> way. <laughs> I think he did better when they were down. Those were the I two he got wrong. right. related to another veterinary pharmaceutical product, isn't Yes, it is. it is, yeah. So again, name the two compounds that cause borataint. <laughs> All right, everybody ready? Let's see them. Meredith with testosterone. Mary with two question marks. Dr. K with skatol and testosterone. Gabby with a question. Cora with a question. Becca with testosterone and aldosterone. Aldro- aldosterone. And ratamaker with androsterone and skatol so no correct spellings in the room but we don't count for spelling in this because i can't spell either so the correct answer is androsterone and skatol those are the two compounds that cause bortaint, taint and bortaint taint is an objectional odor or taste that can be uh, evident when cooking or eating pork from boars. males are often castrated early in life um, around two to four days of age to prevent the development of bortaint. taint and research suggests that 75% of consumers are sensitive to Mm. It's That funky smell when you uh, cook pork sausage sometimes or get pepperoni. So a bonus question from Dr. Adamaker for the room. What veterinary pharmaceutical product can be used to To block, block. temporarily block the production of those two compounds? Is this what Rody's project was? No. His was the castration. No. No, his was the borpheromone. Yeah. Oh. This is often used for... Isn't it? In, we talk about it with immunocastration. Mm-hmm. I don't know. know. Improvest. Oh. Improvac in other countries. Improvac oh. in other countries, yeah. yeah. Question eight. What are the two most common antimicrobials given in feed to nursery age pigs and i will give you a hint on this one one of the two is a combination drug to nursery age pigs to nursery age pigs question eight what are the two most common antimicrobials given in feed to nursery age pigs can you tell us what they're run for (laughs) <laughs> no, I cannot. Where's this data from? Brown, It'll right be away. in the feedback, well, but, that but it is, the- is from a 2017 NOM study. Okay. Everybody ready? All right, show them. Meredith saying CTC Denegard and Genemyasin. Mary with a blank board, no question marks this time. <laughs> Character Denegard CTC and Mechadox. Gabby saying Carbadox CTC Denegard. Cora saying, I have not taken the class yet in vet school. <laughs> Fair enough, Cora. <laughs> Rademacher saying Tamulin, CTC. And Becca saying Denegard and Skysis, okay. Correct answers, and I will accept other names for these products. Correct answer is CTC and Tiamulin, or CTC Denigard, and Carbidox or Mechadox. So, Bakerine's kicked out. <laughs> according to the 2017 NOM study, which is the National Animal Health Monitoring System on Antimicrobial Use and Stewardship on U.S. Swine Operations, the two antimicrobials given in feed by the highest percentages of nursery sites were chlorotetracycline and tiamulin, and carbidox. Um, CTC denigard or CTC teamulin was given to 61.3% of sites and carbidox was given to 47.6% of sites. Question nine. What internal temperature should fresh pork cuts be cooked to be regarded as safe? Yeah. Question I nine: one, no, right? I, What I, I, internal I, I, temperature should fresh pork cuts be cooked to <laughs> your to be regarded as, as, as safe? You work. You, you work. <laughs> no. Character needs to. You work this part. Part. <laughs> All right, everybody, ready? No. Yeah. Okay, show them. Meredith saying 145. Mary with 145. All around the room, everyone got it. Everybody's on the board now. 145 degrees Fahrenheit is the correct answer. You got speed right, didn't you? So, 145 degrees Fahrenheit is the correct answer. From pork.org, pork today is very lean, making it important to not overcook and follow the recommended pork cooking temperature. The safe internal pork cooking temperature for fresh cuts is 145 degrees Fahrenheit. To check doneness, properly use a digital cooking thermometer. Fresh cut muscle meats such as pork chops, pork roast, loin, and tenderloin should measure 145 degrees, ensuring the maximum amount of flavor. However, ground pork should always be cooked to 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Because? Bonus question. Because it's ground. Yep. With a whole bunch of other stuff. Yep. It's so everything's a, it's exposed. Yeah, not a fresh cut. Scoreboard going into question 10. Finally on the board, Miss Corishaw <laughs> with one point. With two points, Becca and Mary. With three points, we have Dr. Don. With four points, Dr. Peterson and Dr. Carricker. And with a striking lead and no way to lose, (laughs) Dr. (laughs) Adamaker. And likely no invitation to the next one. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. All right, question 10. How many deciduous or baby teeth does a pig have? Are you kidding me? I thought about you when I wrote this one, Dr. (laughs) Peterson. (laughs) Dr. (laughs) Peterson. I don't know if I know the baby teeth, or the adult teeth, or neither. I don't know. Which one you know? What do you mean? Total. Total. How many total deciduous teeth, also known as baby teeth, does a pig have? Do they get more or less when they get older? More? No hands. No hands. What did you ask, Becca? Is it more than a human? I do not know the answer to that. I did not research that. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have to get it right on the nose? Positive minus zero. Okay. Becca's sticking to her guns. <laughs> Some last minute changes and scribbles. I thought this was the prices right question. Everything <laughs> the closest without going over. Are we talking top and bottom too? Yeah, total. How many total? All right, everybody got an answer? Ready. Let's show them. I'm- Meredith with twenty four. Mary without an answer. Doctor K with sixteen. Gabby with 16, Cora with 28, Dr. Rademacher with 14, and Becca with 47. Nice. So <laughs> the correct answer, and the only one in the room to get it, was Cora with 28 Ooh. teeth. I did take that clap. Um, so the deciduous dentition, or the number of deciduous teeth of the domestic pig, is comprised of 28 teeth. So on the top and the bottom, there are three incisors. Two canine teeth and six premolars and no molars, um, and then which, after two years, are replaced by a permanent set numbering 44 teeth. That mm. was close to permanent. Yeah. So they use all 28 of those, huh? It's crazy we don't Lose. see more teeth in the pets, huh? Right. Yeah. And some of them they're losing right at weaning time, so that, you know, and some are erupting at weaning time. Right. right. So I've always wondered how much, that play, how much of a role that plays on pigs not wanting not to start on feed, on feed and yeah. being slow in the uptake. Just got a sore mouth. Yeah. It's a wild time. <laughs> Hitting solid feed and your teeth are falling out. And you're meeting 30 new best friends you didn't know you had before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final score update. We won't go to the tiebreaker, so I'll save that question for a future episode. But she, if it we. feel like final Jeopardy. You should be able to bet your final. To wager. Oh, <laughs> <and> nothing, right? <laughs> this is like poker. Push them all in. Final score update. So there's a three way tie at the bottom with Mary, Cora, and Becca with two points. Dr. Don has three points. Tied in second place are Dr. Carricker and Dr. Peterson with four points. And rounding out and our inaugural champion of the Talking About Pigs trivia is Dr. Chris Rademacher. So, So if we kick him out, either I have to host again or we got to <laughs> ho- figure out who else is going to host because the prize for the winner was going to be you get to write the questions and host the next episode that we record. So... Well, that's how you can get an invite to the next one <laughs> roast. All right. I'm up for it. I'm Gabe. Awesome. That way we don't have to compete against him. I know. <laughs> Dude's a machine on the trivia. Good questions, though. That was fun. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully y'all enjoyed it. And for our listening viewers, if you have feedback or question ideas that you'd like to hear on a future trivia episode, please email us at isusmec at iestate.edu. That's isusmec at I-A-State.edu. Please share and watch for our next episode where we will discuss other current swine health topics and have a great day. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. Special thank you to Iowa Pork Producers Association for their sponsorship of this podcast. Just a reminder that all the topics that we discuss in the podcast were brought to us from producers who are members of Iowa Pork Producers Association. We hope that these topics are useful for all pork producers in Iowa and across the U.S. alike. Thanks again for tuning in.